Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow and I'm joined by Devin Leary. Um, it's Devin, D-E-V-I-N and Leary, um, L-E-A-R-Y. Get that down, folks. You're going to want to remember that name. <laughs> oh, you're going to remember that name someday. I had a weird experience this week. Okay, it's perfectly normal to poop your pants sometimes. It happens. I had an interesting experience this week. I shit my pants. (laughs) Oops, I crapped my pants. Have you ever shit your pants before? No, I haven't. You don't want to do it. I don't recommend it. I know, but this is the thing. It's like, it does happen to everyone, right? It's going to happen to you someday. So that is fucked up that- Till it happens to you, you won't know how it feels. I'm so immature. Stories of people shitting their pants. One time someone told me a story of- of themselves shitting their pants and I cried like I cried tears were falling down my face I literally was like stop stop I can't cry anymore I had to go to the bathroom both my contacts fell out and whenever I think about it I'm like why that why was that the thing that makes me cry from laughter if we're gonna jump into shit stories I have to talk about one time in science class this really quiet kid no named rob raised his hand and said can i go can i go to the nurse and the teacher said are you okay and he said yeah i just have diarrhea (laughs) it made me so happy you just didn't kill wait i just laughed so hard that i my my headphones fell off so i didn't hear anything that you said after i have diarrhea and then one time, my parents signed me up for judo in middle school. Okay. This, if this is a <laughs> shit story one. and it starts with judo in middle school, it's gonna be bad. No, it was really sad. The coach's daughter no. was in the class, no. and me and her, me and the daughter were judo wrestling. No. And the girl was trying so hard, she farted. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
Okay. And the whole class laughed so hard that the coach looked and yelled at them. And she was like, I bet none of you have ever worked that hard. <laughs> okay. This is Carolina's fox catcher story. It's... <laughs> Is that she's the coach with Steve Carell. She's so talented at judo that she made this. She forced this innocent girl to, to strain so hard that she farted. And she probably has hemorrhoids because she was straining so hard and she was clenching. I'm crying. She was clenching. Oh, uh, here again. I'm sorry. I don't know how we got here. I don't know who we are and what we're talking about. But but you don't want to fight me in judo unless you want to <laughs> shit your pants in public. Unless you want to fart in public. And I, last note on farting, promise. Actually, two last notes on farting, promise. One is that my friend Scott Herkman, when I was writer's assistant, when we worked together, we would be in like these giant meetings and I was writer's assistant. And he was like, it was like a 30 person meeting. And he would constantly look across the room at me and go, did you fart? Like mouth. Hey, did you fart? Did you fart? Like and mouth it. And I was like, always would cry laughing. And he would be like, oh, like you farted. <laughs> I was like crying laughing every single time. And then the second thing is just that my biggest fear currently is farting on a Zoom. Like I'm just like, no, like I've been doing, I did this job where I was working on Zoom all day and I was like, if I am unmuted and fart, I will just never recover. I will leave the industry I'm in. I will move to a flyover state and I will grow a beard and be like, hey, my name's Jesse for the rest of my life because I'll be so embarrassed. You don't want to know my story. <laughs> we have a friend who was a kindergarten teacher and she told me this story where <laughs> the kids, I guess, just because they haven't grown shame over farting, just walk around like letting <laughs> Wait, what? Fly. What? What? Yeah. And she said that one kid was sitting on another's lap and farted and then looked at them and said, hey, did you make me do that? <laughs> so that's my line now when I fart. When does the I'm shame like, hey, start? did you make me do that? When does the shame start? I don't know. I don't know, but I wish it on no one. I feel like having what kids. What is society? Having kids is just constantly like either having to explain death or having to explain sex or like them. Teaching shame. Them just like doing shameless things and you being like, you have to be different. So I guess well, I, I have a lot to learn. I'm going to watch the movie how, What to Expect When You're Expecting starring Jennifer Lopez and Cameron Diaz and then I'll learn how to be a mother. Oh, you'll learn so much. I was one of those children who just walked around naked all the time. My parents were like very much hippies. And so from the ages like three to bear with me, 10. Okay. I was naked a lot in the woods because we would um, spend time in Vermont. And they were going to say we would um, do seances with dead goats <laughs> because I, uh, my mom is a witch. I remember being 10, sitting at a dining room table with more than my family, like family, friends, people, and like just sitting down like like butt to wooden table. And my mom saying, I think it's time for you to start wearing clothes. No. And I remember looking down at like my bare vagina sitting on this chair and being like, what did I like? What did something happen? Like, am I am I in trouble? Like, I'm so confused. Why do I have to start doing that? 
and it was so confusing. We have to get to our guest today. Without further ado. Today on True Romance, we are joined by men. Yes, you've heard that right. This is for the men's rights activists who sometimes <laughs> leave us beautiful and gentle comments on Apple Podcasts. We have heard your requests. We know that we are childless, pathetic women. And we really <laughs> wanted to speak to you and encourage you to keep, you know, just give our podcast another chance. Please let us introduce you to Brian Husky and Charlie Sanders, the amazing hosts of Bald Talk, the show where the guys meet with fellow baldies, male and female, and discuss the politics, general shenanigans of being a bald baddie. You may know Brian Husky from Children's Hospital, Another Period, People of Earth. He did a cameo in a little movie called Step Brothers, a little indie comedy. Mm-hmm. And he created, wrote, and starred in two Adult Swim specials, Mr. Neighbor's House and Mr. Neighbor's House. Duh. Charlie <laughs> Sanders is an Emmy-nominated and WGA Award and Peabody Award winning writer. Blah, 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 blah. Must be nice. He's also a director, producer, and actor. You may know him from sketches on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, The League, with Bob and David. And he was also a writer and producer on all five seasons of Key and Peel. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the pod. Thank hey. you for letting our maleness into this this sacred space. It's a safe space for you here. Now, was that yeah. a joke Very or do, do dudes really leave those kind of mean comments on your podcast? Uh, a little bit. You know, I, I'm inflating my ego by acting like there's a whole movement against us. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll spurn that. Yeah, we'll cause that to happen, I'm sure. Oh, please, oh Will's please, doing please, the please. comments? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's crazy. When I was in college, I had a blog called prayforthehaters.tumblr.com about how, like, everybody hated me. And one of my friends was like, I don't know if that many people really, like, think about you that much. <laughs> we did get an email from a man that wanted to let us know that we are being... <laughs> <laughs> that we are beautiful and we should have self-esteem and we should stop being so hard on ourselves and we should learn to love ourselves. It was very condescending. <laughs> wow. His intentions were good, but it was very much like, listen, ladies, yeah. be with someone who respects you. Take it from you. somebody who has, who's, whose opinion has more value than your own. Exactly. A man. Yeah. Take it from someone currently you. living in his mom's basement. Yeah, exactly. Right. Email. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be okay. I invited him to live in my own house. And it's like, I need to hear that every day. I need to be your little princess. I think it sounds a little similar. There's a Twitter thread a while ago that was like, when my girlfriend gets on her period, I make her a warm bath. I um, give her a massage. I make her whatever no. meal she wants. And like, I, I um, you know, I pet her and, and tell her how beautiful she still is. And it was like, wait, do you think like, I, I don't know how to be on my period. Like, <laughs> I know better how to be on a period than a woman Do you does. think I'm dying? Like, uh, am I in hospice? Yeah, this mo- well, this monthly punishment that God yeah. is putting down on you, I will save you from it. This soiling. Yeah. This, soiling. This, this dirtying of your body. <laughs> Obviously, it is supposed to be painful for what you did to humanity, but I will make it as easy as possible. You took that bite of the apple all those years ago, and now exactly being punished. Yeah. Speaking of Will before, <laughs> speaking of Will who wrote that Twitter thread, <laughs> I can't believe he's he's trolling you guys on Twitter. I That's know crazy. it's so mean. No, he. It was so funny. So I obviously have known you guys. I used to be in the improv scene. So I've 
known of you guys forever, but it was so funny. So when the head of Big Money Players Network, which is our amazing producer, Hans, he was pitching some ideas to Will about podcasts he'd heard about. And I was just sitting with Will in some random conference room. And Hans was like, there's this one podcast Brian Husky and Charlie Sanders are doing. Um, it's just two bald men speaking to other bald people. It's called Bald Talk. And Will was like, yeah. We're going to be doing that. Oh, we wouldn't have worked like, so hard yeah, to pitch yeah. then. If was- <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we just no looked idea. at each other and he was like, yep, that one is um, definitely going to be greenlit immediately. Oh, oh that's amazing. I didn't know that's that. That's great. Hans withheld that information from us to make us. Yeah. Well, he's a mean, um, at his core, I think, emotionally manipulative person who likes others to feel wanted, tension yeah, and pain. Yeah, he wanted more power over us. Because yeah. I remember after the meeting with you and Will Farrell. Me and Husky were texting each other, being like, "Did that go well? I think that went well, right? I don't know, you know, blah blah blah." Lots of laughing, and then there was Hans lots of said laughing. nothing to us. So eventually, I texted Hans, being like, "Did that? Was that good? Are, are things good?" And he was like, "Yeah, it's good." But yeah. <laughs> Can I ask when did you guys come up with this? Was it initially just one of those things that was a joke that went too far, and now that it's a job that you have to do? <laughs> uh, I had the original idea. Years ago, probably 10 years ago, I was trying oh, wow. to make ball talk. But my idea for it was that it would be stupid. It'd be like a Conan sketch from 2004. Right. Like the joke would be, there's nothing to talk about. So we'd be like, hey, here's, you know, he's from the Royal Shakespeare Company and played Captain Picard, <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. Right. Yeah. So, so what's Sir it Patrick, like to be bald? When, what's it like to be bald? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just not focusing on their comp- anything except for just like, yeah. so you're both. That was, so it was just a joke podcast for me. So I had pitched it a bunch of places, but then I told it to, uh, told Husky about it, and he was like really psyched about it. And then he was like, we should make it about like male insecurities and shit. And that's so mainly because I needed a place that I could work out my shit. <laughs> it turned out he needed therapy. <laughs> I have an idea. Maybe we talk about, I don't know, despair. <laughs> called husky's damage it's a it's a roundtable discussion <laughs> yeah. about me but it was a real genius twist on it because we have okay. found out as we've been interviewing people that there is a lot to fucking talk about it i had no idea yeah i my favorite ones are the like a lot of times people will come in like if they come in hot about it they ask us a lot of questions yes. you know what i mean like they'll ask like our opinions on it and that yes. those are always my favorite ones where it kind of gets back and forth i enjoy um, that too yeah yeah I think that something Devin and I talk a lot about is how women are more self-deprecating. In my experience, all of my friends are much more self-deprecating than the men I know. And I feel like uh, male egos, um, especially in romantic relationships, are like a really big (laughs) block in terms of us having a dialogue about the relationship. I don't know. It's just something that um, is it's an impasse. Conversely, I think women are more supportive of, like, in friendships and stuff, they're more supportive of one another, but men shit on each other more. Yeah, like, that's we, true. That's we will point. attack one another, but we, maybe it's a reaction to that, like, and then we need to sort of be supported and, and mm. you know. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't really hear men, when they're getting dumped, like, the other guy being like, you are a funny, hysterical, yeah. amazing yeah. guy, I, and she I gotta is psycho. Say, that's yeah. not my experience. I have a lot of dude friends that are very supportive. Yeah. I've literally had oh, okay. of dude friends say what you're saying to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
But well, no, then I'm wrong twice, okay? Is that, does that make you guys happy? <laughs> so wait, what blanket statements can we make about... Yeah. Let's find one blanket statement about men that we can make and then... I don't know. I have pretty there. good yeah. friends. They're nice. I've, I've no, I do too, but I think it's... I think there's more space for... Maybe it's just comedy. I don't know. I feel like... Com- Comedians sort of like filter through uh, their their true expression and feelings through com- you know through like joking and picking it and, right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it makes me think of like I was thinking the other day. Uh, I-, I was with a friend of mine. We were doing some shows in Colorado. So we had, we were doing these shows and we got to ski during the day. It was like this great experience. And so I was wearing. I came out. Uh, wearing my long underwear, getting ready to, you know, get, hit the slopes and put my pants on and stuff. And he was like, what's up, chicken legs? And it <laughs> it hurt my feelings so badly. Oh, no. oh really? Yeah. yeah, it really did. I, and I don't know why. Like, I was just like, oh, I mean, I, I've been working I mean, out lately. <laughs> and uh, it was just really funny that it, it really stuck with me. But I never brought right. it up to him, you know, because I just Who? didn't. Uh, Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll went for Kroll? <gasps> Kroll went at me. <laughs> He's like the nicest He's a person monster? in the world. He's the nicest person in the world. But then he <laughs> so and I had funny. this. He had this. We he and I had this ongoing bit uh, that was on my side where I would like post unflattering pictures of him on uh, on Twitter. Um, right. And, and at one point, he's like, "Hey, man, can you stop putting these pictures? Oh up? no, like, they're really starting to bum me <laughs> out." He was so revenge funny. And I was like, oh, "I'm so sorry." Yeah. So who knows? One of our close friends, Beth Jacobs and Devin, when we were younger, they like our sense of humor was just <laughs> them ragging on me so hard. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, we'd be our on our tr- sense of humor. Was that correct? Yeah, it really was. <laughs> you guys would just beat the shit out of me. And it was anything from like, I used to use Sensodyne toothpaste. And Beth was like, oh, you use Sensodyne toothpaste. <laughs> you're old. Oh, you're she just thought my teeth, which they are, my teeth are sensitive. And, uh, yeah, from that to once I thought I was mooning her but forgot I was wearing Spanx, and Beth was so <laughs> happy. She uh-huh. really took that one to the bank. But once in a while, I'd be like, hey, can you guys shut the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then we would be like, wait, this is bad. Should we? But we, it's like an addiction. Like, we can't, we can't stop it once we start. And... And we can't stop ragging. It's weird. But I guess. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it is. It is strange that that agreed upon space of like kind of like picking on one another and or being you know it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Like the the defi- right. The I used to do that in my relationships. I would sort of I would joke about something, but I wouldn't acknowledge that it hurt uh, my partner's feelings. Oh, interesting. And so I would be very I would be offended that they weren't like. Just setting their feelings aside and be like, just let me joke. <laughs> you know, let's let's diminish right. this thing. You know, yeah. I wasn't giving how it made them feel or what I was talking about uh, that it had weight for them. And so, it in a way, I was I was still trying to hold on to the power of the situation where I was like, no, I have the right to joke, and if you cannot go along with the joke, then you're at fault as well as feeling bad about what I'm joking about. You know, right? Yeah. So. That's really interesting. I remember feeling that way in a relationship where I, you know, I think do what a lot of uh, people in comedy do where I'll like start the joke on myself Mm -hmm. first and foremost, point out something that I do. And and then I remember a boyfriend sort of piling on top of that and 
like his friends too and me being like whoa 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 let's cut this let's cut this yeah, off yeah. too you're not gonna joke with your friends about how i dress like i think i'm going to woodstock you know yeah, like that's, not cool. that's you gotta cut it short right there but yeah i guess what i was trying to say was that i think it's so cool that you guys have a podcast where men are encouraged or not encouraged men are supported to talk about these things that just are generally avoided there's not all there's a whole in wellness industry for women about self-acceptance and yeah i don't think that really is for men but i also it comes up on the podcast we kind of acknowledge that there's probably a wellness industry for women because you guys are saddled with so much That's messaging true. of like well you should be this now you should be like this you <laughs> yeah. know you should Centuries. always be Eons yeah, yeah. Shit. Your the you're... cave women had like drawings on the wall of them thinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> had, like face yeah. Yeah. Live up to this new standard of like how we draw you guys down. So. Yeah, exactly. First things first. How good does it feel to take a shower without hair? <laughs> oh, fucking great! Right? It's the it best. must. Yes, yeah. it's the best. When did you guys both start losing your hair? And when was your first? Uh, bald shower, bald shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we've talked about this quite a bit. The husk man and I have very different experiences in that yeah. I maybe twenty three or twenty four. I had been like, I think I'm going bald, and I had a lot of bald relatives. As soon as I was like, okay, it's happening, I shaved my head, and I've never looked back. Yeah. yeah. So my first bald shower would have been like twenty four or something. And mine was like, uh. 16 or 17 was when I started to lose my hair. Yeah. And um, that uh, dovetailed nicely with, you, you know, all the confidence that you have <laughs> at that age. Naturally. <laughs> and, yeah. And a bright outlook for the future. Right. Um, but I had, you know, my my girlfriend, I, I had a girlfriend and we were really serious. And I told her, I was like, I think I'm going to lose my hair. And she laughed about it. And she's like, you look, you're not losing your hair, but you would look so hilarious if you were bald. No. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. And she, right. I know she was leaning into like, it's not going to happen, you know, like diminishing it. But I was like, it is, it is on. Like, this is, right. this is happening. So. I, you know, maybe my first bald shower was uh, when I sort of admitted like it was starting, but yeah. um, it's been, it's been so, such a long process. It's been such a slow burn um, that like there have been, you know, phases where I'm like, am I bald? I'm, I guess I'm bald. I am bald now. <laughs> Wait, was I bald then? I guess I was bald then, but it didn't feel like it, you know? Um, right. So I guess until... Until all this stuff on the side's gone, I, I'm not bald. I mean, we're going to change the podcast. <laughs> hey, <now>. what? <laughs> what about our You're podcast? Just in denial. Just well, switch like, heavy Charlie, into denial. Charlie, talk about what you want. Like, talk about whatever you feel like. I'm but. fine. I have hair on my head. You do not. So you are bald. So and I am not. Did you ever try to cover this up? I, I know some people who do um, or ha who have. Nah, I looked at, I investigated Rogaine like that, you know, in like the. Well, like in college, so that would be like eighty-eight to you know ninety or something, and it just was so expensive. And at that point, all the sort of like side effects sound so terrifying, especially to a college age. Like you might lose interest in sex. I was like, nope, nope, I do not know. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's like seventy percent of my life. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it really was a, a financially. I was like, I. I can't afford this i just can't right do it. right uh, yeah. and then and then on top of that i'm just not into to meds and so the idea that i was like sure having to commit myself to something that was pumping into my body like 
yeah, forever. That. Like, nah. Yeah, I always think it's yeah. we talked about it on the podcast, but it's it's so ironic to be like, I'm gonna take a pill to get hair so I'm more sexually attractive to women and then I'll lose my sex drive and yeah. I'll wanna have sex. <laughs> and then I'll just apologize for laying there, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it's not you. Yeah, it's not you, it's the pill. But aren't <laughs> you enjoying my head full of hair? Yeah. There's no alternative besides just owning it. But when did you feel like you sort of started growing confidence with it? I never had a confidence struggle with it. It didn't bother me. Yeah. I, I, I'm just kind of like that with a lot of shit, though. I was like, I'm bald. That's cool. I don't got a problem with it. And I just started shaving it. And I, I didn't, I felt no, I, no loss of confidence from it. Yeah. And I think I, I think I was deeply insecure about it, but I would, and it just back to what you're saying about sort of like self-deprecating, I would joke about it so much that I, I that's come up a lot on bald talk is people being like, oh, they joke about it so much. Yeah, I think I would, I would think I was sort of like claiming ownership by, yeah, making fun of myself, but nobody else could make fun of me, you know. So it's that, it's it's that. I'll say it before you do. Yeah, something. yeah, it's kind of like this is my territory, and you can watch me. Uh, sort of like poke fun at it, but don't don't pig pile onto it, you know. I had a similar thing where I just like never hit puberty in my chest. I like what, <laughs> always had like a really like absurdly flat chest, mm-hmm. and I remember just thinking like it, it. I sort of identify with you, Charlie, where I was like, "Wait, I'm supposed to feel insecure about this, right? Yeah. But it's not happening." Like, <laughs> that's what like, I was like, "I'm just about being insecure." People would like say like bald remarks to me occasionally, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it doesn't." I don't care that I'm bald. That doesn't hurt my feelings. And whenever I got made fun of for it, it was it wasn't even that it made me self conscious about it. It was more like you're doing something rude. If that makes sense. Yes. Like I was I like, know I was exactly I, what you're talking about. Yeah. It was like I'm not becoming insecure because you've said this. It's more of why would you say this and and why are you doing something rude to me? It's yes. You'd be like, I'm not worried about the fact that I'm bald. Right. But I know that you're saying that to be mean and why the fuck are you being mean to me? You know, exactly. Like kind of exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, we had like an, I, I mean, I feel like so many schools went through this, but during finals week at my college, Devin, I think you had this at Vassar too. An anonymous uh, commenting board website oh, came yeah. up Ew. where you could just say so much <laughs> shit about other people. And it's crazy. ABCD? Was it Sarah Lawrence ABCD or Say Anything Sarah Lawrence? Say Anything. Jesus. And yeah. people said everything. <laughs> oh my everything. God, that's horrible. That's it's horrifying. Insane. That's such With an like early a, a, early version of the, the internet. It's like, oh, this is a wonderful platform <laughs> we knew. where people we can share it. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what an opportunity for people to learn so much. Yeah. That's when Will first started trolling people. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he was all over say anything, Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> say what you really think. <laughs> they were like, "Who's at Anchorman 69 <laughs> <laughs> There was a, a a thread where someone started and said like flattest girls in school, and me and my friend oh were my super God. high. We were super stoned, and my friend looked over at me, and he was like, "Can I put you on?" And I was like, "Hell yeah! Like, let's oh, just great. start it off." And I yes, sort of then we went to the it. library or something to read while we were stoned, um, look at art books like <laughs> Brian did. <laughs> and then my friends started texting me, and they were like, "We're so sorry." And I was mm. like, "Dude, I I actually wrote that. Don't worry about it." And they're like, "You wrote that whole thread?" And oh, I was wow. like, oh, "No, I um." I don't know what you're speaking oh, of. No. And so my friends read this. And I, it was one of those things where I was like, dude, 
like how many people even know me? Like I only hang out with four people. <laughs> right. And, but um, and then, and then someone commented like, "Hey, Carolina Barlow has a beautiful body," and I was like, "Someone has a crush on nice. me." Uh-huh. And my friend was like, "Oh no, that's our, our friend. The, our two friends were a lesbian couple." I was like, "God <laughs> damn it!" Come uh, on, Adam, Miranda. <laughs> yeah. That's you don't have to tell the truth in that situation. Exactly, exactly. Let me live in that mystery. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more true romance. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to True Romance. What do you hear from women or what do you assume women are thinking or what are your takes basically on what dating has been like, even though that's a pretty broad question. They don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, if they do, it is I, when I was, uh, I got divorced like eight years ago. And so I was like thrown into the, that horror that is dating. And, and quickly I was like, Oh, anyone who that is a factor is not somebody I want to hang out with. You know, Absolutely. it just was such an immediate sort of like deal deal breaker and and because i was doing it online 
they weren't contacting me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. So it, it was set up nicely that way. So it was, you know, the 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 filter is just the picture. You know, it's just like, oh nope, they're not going to be into it. But I don't know. It's it's strange how, for me, I, you know, it's come up on the podcast, but I've thought about that intersection of like when it happened and and uh you know that i think i was pretty codependent with my girlfriend you know i think she's my first girlfriend and we really went into it way hard and then at a certain point she's like you know i have to go to college so we i think we're kind of young we need to grow up a little bit and i was like no you're gonna leave me (laughs) i'm gonna take off your skin (laughs) yeah yeah and i just i clung to i just i was just clinging to that security that i had in, in that relationship too much and so then I probably unconsciously assigned it to, you know, it wasn't that, yeah, she's smart and we need to kind of be apart. And if we're supposed to be back together, which we did get back together for a while, um, it would happen. I was just like, oh, it's probably because I'm bold and I'm skinny. Right, you know, all right. That kinda, all that garbage that when your negative thinking comes in, it supersedes it supersedes any information, like all the messaging, just like the years of messaging I'd gotten. was like, no, you're great. Yeah. She yeah. loves you, you know. It's strange how powerful, like, just the smallest negative kernel can be, you know. Oh, my God. Well, I think to- women have it a lot with weight. And I feel like there's um something to the fact that codependence is so the byproduct of insecurity mm-hmm. so i would build up a lot of people i was dating like they're a genius i'm but it was always compared to like they're a genius i'm an idiot and they're mm-hmm. so handsome and i'm like literal banana peel trash um <laughs> that's awful i mean it's a style choice yeah. um <laughs> you should respect yourself and learn to love yourself okay yeah we know this guy who uh who's gonna give you some great advice if you just <laughs> he's gonna email um, you reach out to him I need another email. I wrote back being like, tell me more. <laughs> Do you like flat chested boobs? Yeah, whenever like a breakup would happen that I was especially codependent and it was definitely not about the relationship. It was more about, I, I and, like interpreted it as like a, a flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you can find anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like I have to, my daughter's 13 and so 13 kind of like will have these oh, like yeah. flashpoint moments where their her brain floods with sensitivity and 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 insecurity and stuff and we had a thing last night where i was kind of like giving her shit a little bit for just for how she doesn't share food you know i was like kind of joking and then it just in a moment she started crying and oh, so no. you know started just, you know really upset about it and i was like i'm really sorry i'm really really sorry and it just made me realize like there there was she couldn't hear anything i was saying she couldn't oh, hear yeah. her perspective on everything i was saying was coming from one perspective and it's the same thing you know, in a relationship sometimes if you really are feeling terrible about yourself not terrible if you're feeling bad about yourself it's very hard to to get out of that that perspective. You know, you're just in a kind of depressive state. And so everything will be like, yeah, but yeah, you're saying that, but you're only saying that because you're trying oh, to make yeah. me feel better because it's true. You know, it kind of always <laughs> links back to that. So, yeah, it's 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 tough, guys. So just give up. <laughs> I know, and that's what we've been trying to say on the podcast. My therapist actually told me when I was in a relationship, like, please don't bring all of your fears to your partner because they can't do anything about them. Yeah. Whoa, that's good advice. 
Yeah, so I wouldn't be like, how do I look? How does this dress look? Does this dress look like shit? Because no matter what they said, I, yeah, I wouldn't hear it, you <laughs> right. know? Right, yeah. It's or a lot- I would hear it through my fucked up filter. Yeah, you're kind of putting someone in a no-win situation of like, does this, how's this dress look? Looks great. Oh, you're just yeah. saying that because it doesn't look great. Wait, yeah. what? No, I just <laughs> I, gave you. <laughs> I used to be really uncomfortable with my weight. I can like, my weight fluctuates and I can get chubby and stuff. Sure. And I used to make fun of myself for it all the time. And at some point, some combo of queer, watching Queer Eye and my wife telling me to stop insulting myself, I stopped yeah. making fun of my own weight. Mm. And then I lost weight. That's oh, wow. wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I it, It's similar to uh, Devin and I were just talking about, uh, we did a Crispin, Christmas rom-com episode, and we were talking about our obsession with Jack Black. I thought Jack you were going to say Crispin Glover. A Crispin Glover episode. <laughs> I, know, I thought that too, He was on? I was like. <laughs> it's hard to date when you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about our obsession with Jack Black, and so much of that is his ownership of his body. And like mm-hmm. a line in School of Rock I love when he's talking to that chubby girl in class is like, He's like, yeah, I'm a little heavier, but I'm sexy and I love myself and yeah. um, how attractive that made him. But it's sort of the similar thing where you hear stuff like that and you're like, yeah, I can't really internalize that because my insecurities are a lot deeper. But it's a little reprogramming. I mean, it's, you know, it's just yeah. like it's re, re taking your neural pathways and be like, no, go this way, go this way for a little while. And it's really hard to. I mean, I guess that's why, you know, meditation practice is like it takes a practice. You got to do it for a while before you sink into like, oh, I kind of blissed out for a while. And you, right. you turn your brain off. Uh, it's the same. Meditation's so hard. It is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. But it's, it's the same thing. It it, so it is. I used to shit on any kind of like aphorisms. Surface. Yeah. No, just <laughs> I used to shit on people because I'm better. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got their thing. I put a tarp down. Um, I didn't know this. <laughs> Did I say meditation? I meant uh, a shit finish. Defecation. I meant shitting on glass tables. Transcendental <laughs> defecation. Good Herald team name. The Herald team name. But it's just it's uh it's hard to undo programming, you know. Yeah. And, and, oh my and, god, it's so hard. And it's like, and I do some, you know, I do some some like program stuff like around you know stuff I grew up with. And one of the things they say is like, if you think about like you grew up in an environment for 40 years and you you want that to change in, you know, a year of doing this, it's not going to happen. Yeah, like you, know, it, you it just, you are slowly changing it. But the best part is when you notice that you're changing it. So it's sort of like what you were right. saying about like, oh, I should feel insecure, but I don't. I should focus on that. You know, like that's, right. that's what my power is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think something I've been thinking about recently, too, is that, like, my whole life is to learn how to be human. Like, there's not really a deadline for me to figure out mm-hmm. relationships or yeah. my yeah. own relationship to myself. Like, this is going to be a, a lifelong process. So I've got time, and I'm going to meditate, like, 10 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> I had that expectation of, like, oh, you figure it out at a certain point, right? And then you're done. I asked my mom, is like, when do you when do you become an adult or when do you figure it out? She's like, you never do. And when she said that to me, I was like, what? Oh, God, no. But now I'm like. No, what's the point? She was smoking oh. on the porch. Yes. You never <laughs> By the fridge. It, was out front. <laughs> but it never gets easier. It never gets easier. <laughs> but now I'm just like, oh, thank God. Like, it, it kind of lets you off the hook because. Yeah. 
Because it also, if you have that attitude, you're like, oh, that means that the rest of the world will never change and everything is fixed and I can sort of predict everything that's going to happen. It's like, no. That's, as we've learned with this pandemic, this great teaching experience called the pandemic. <laughs> we've all had to look inward, yeah. and we've all learned so much. This mm-hmm. stupid fucking um, pandemic. I'm so <laughs> fucking sick of it. It's really one of the dumbest... It's the uh, dumbest both fucking Both dumb thing. and horrifying. It's, you know yes. what I mean? It's the dumbest promotional uh, rollout for a, a follow-up to Contagion I've ever experienced. <laughs> well, so it's good. also, you know, it's sort of uh, it's a parallel to the Trump administration, which is, you know, the handshake of stupidity and terror. <laughs> I know, yeah. totally. Oh, yeah. my God. Speaking so you're of- both laughing and you're like, oh, <sighs> fucking hell, this really changes my philosophy about my philosophy about my philosophy. Philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> so my That's philosophy. That's my philosophy. <laughs> I miss the gym. How about you guys? Uh, nope. I <laughs> don't nope. have that experience. <laughs> Never really been. <laughs> oh, I miss it so much. Oh my god, I miss it like more than anything. I I bought a treadmill because my 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 daughter like started getting into exercise and i also realized like at, at first i was like i don't know if we can walk outside of the house you know I was like, <laughs> right we, yeah so i was like I, and my place is tiny so like a third of our house is filled with this treadmill and um <laughs> but it is the best investment i've ever made and, oh, but yeah. i yeah but i started out running and now i'm doing the same like i'm doing a 45 minute like nerd speed walk. Oh no, that's really good, that's for, good you. for you. Yeah, Harley yeah. Pasternak, who is a super celeb trainer, shout out to Chloe Kardashian's Revenge Body. He mm. says to walk <laughs> twelve thousand steps a day, which I've done once since mm. I found that out, and it yeah. takes only half your day. Yeah, it's nearly <laughs> impossible. I can't even like. Wait, if I run three miles, is that twelve thousand steps? Do you think? Uh, no, I think it's like it's six not? miles. Well, oh, running's damn. different. Yeah, running's different. Yeah, you're. you're I run three the, miles. the day I did it, it was six miles walking. Wow, six miles! Holy yeah, shit! Like, yes, friggin' Forrest Gump. I'm pretty wiped out after three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. What our relationship status is? You mentioned, uh, Brian, that you're a divorcee. Charlie, you mentioned that you have a wife. That's right. We've been married. We just had our sixth anniversary a couple ah, days ago. I love that. Yeah, nice. we've been together Happy ten Annie. years. Yeah, and I have been dating. I, I'm with someone now. Like, oh, I'm so so. I love her very much. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I met her uh, August twentieth, uh, twenty nineteen. <gasps> So oh, okay. I know I was like pandemic. No, but God damn, if I didn't, if uh, having just going through this with somebody, you know, it's, it's, it's really great. But um, yeah, she, and I met her on uh, uh, Bumble, good old Bumble. Love. And that's uh, a dating wow. app. It's called Bumble. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, it, Charlie, and, you've been out of the game. Oh, Charlie. Oh, I, I, I met uh, Camille before there were dating apps. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I did. I did a tiny bit of Tinder, and then, but I like. I had better, better. The dark encou- web. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What's the yeah. difference between Tinder and Bumble? Bumble is uh, a the 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 format is like the the woman makes the first move. Um, oh. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of a nice like cocktail lounge, and Tinder is like the after after hours club. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tinder's great, and then it. and else. Oh God, I did Raya for a while. Oh, bad, 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 bad. Uh, Raya is 
Raya is basically just like, do you? How many Twitter followers do you have? What's your Instagram following? Okay, meet other people who are shallow. And really? Oh God, I met the influencers. Most, yeah, come on, directors. This is real? It's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. But oh I know, I do know a couple of people who met their, you know, uh, their significant others as a result. So you get lucky sometimes. But yeah. I, but I, my girlfriend, I was on it on Bumble like on and off for I don't know three or. Maybe four or five years. Just, ugh, God, it's awful. And she was on Wait, there for one? like Bumble. Oh, and Bumble, then, right. And then she was on it. She date, She went on like, that was her third date. And then she, oh, she that's scored. that's so sweet. She scored. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, she's really lucky. Yeah. Uh, to not have a long experience with those apps. Oh. It, <laughs> she missed out on the four or five years of hell. Yeah, uh, fascinating. <laughs> that, but that was my personal pandemic. Just. <laughs> <laughs> How was dating on Tinder before you met your girlfriend and Bumble? I was working on uh, People of Earth. So I, we shot two seasons up in Toronto. Um, and a friend of mine was just like, just try it. Just just go on a Tinder date. So the very first Tinder date I went on, I was like, well, let's meet a crazy person. And she <laughs> was great. And we ended up hanging out uh, the, that season that I was working up there. So that was a good experience. And then, but I just kept having better and I don't know, just the it's sort of like dialogue with people is better on, I was meeting on Bumble and I met, a, I met some cool people there. And then I definitely had some, some weird, some weird encounters. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about your strange encounters. Uh, At least one. Okay. So probably the worst one was, and I should have been like, oh no, this is not going to be good. But she just came in real, real fast, real hot of just like what we're going to do. And I was like, yeah, we should. What, like uh, hooking up with her, you mean? No, just like just what the date was going to be. You oh, know, okay. Sometimes there are people who, you, you should be really wary when people are like, I'm good at dating. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> no, that's yeah. not something you should be like bragging about. Like, I've done so many dates that I'm great at it. Um, <laughs> 10,000. It takes 10,000 10, Oh, yeah, 10,000 hours of dates. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she was like, uh, I've got these tickets to the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, you know, we can go see the Philharmonic. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, it's we won't really be able to talk or anything. This is a we'll first just, date? First date. And so I was like, That's pretty was, What? That's a yeah, little I know. And I was like, well, uh, That's a red flag. <laughs> I know. And I don't know why. I was in a very sort of like say yes to whatever right, right. phase. Well, you're an improviser. You have to yes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. gonna just to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, but I would just be Yeah wary. Was, I was wary. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll meet you there. She's like, no, let's meet at the Gelson's and we'll shop together and we'll put together a little picnic. Oh, Oh, no. And and I do. I think my response is like, no, I don't want to do that. Let's just meet there. (laughs) Wow. Good boundary making. That sounds like hell. Good boundary making. But I still went through with it. Like, I still was like. Did she buy snacks? She she bought crackers and cheese and all this like just stuff. And then we yeah. got there. Did she expect you to pay for the track crackers and cheese? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I paid for. Yeah, you I got did. Venmo me. Yeah, I did. Bucks I did pay. You know, oh God. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'll meet you over there. She's like, no, we're gonna drive together. And I was like, why oh is she God. doing this? She's doing this to me at this She's... point because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it just kept forcing. Yeah, and so yeah, this is ending in murder for sure. Yeah, so there was a certain <laughs> point where I was like, oh, this is. I'm just going to sort of have an outer body experience with this and see, see what happens. <laughs> and 
to like what I was saying, like, it was like, I'm good at dating. We're driving over there and she immediately started talking about, she's like, oh God, I go on so many of these dates. I'm just so <laughs> sick of it. Hoping maybe oh I was, my God. that I was going to commiserate with her. And I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, maybe you shouldn't do it. Maybe you should take a break. She's like, no, you gotta, I mean, you got, if you don't put in the work, you're not going to, you know, get the results. And I was like, yeah, this I guess. So oh my God. This, this is, is so awful. insane. So bad. And so then we get there and she, she has a kind of like, the the presentation is very practiced in a way. You know what I mean? She's got her dating face Histrionic, on. Histrionic, maybe. Yeah, just the kind of like it's like I'm I'm it's like you're going out with a hostess at a restaurant. Like, you're not like this, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is right. how you're acting. <laughs> um we go there, we're watching <laughs> watching the, the show and stuff, and then I just I really I I checked out and I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I just went to the bathroom and you I was like. You just sat in the stall for a second. <laughs> I just went, and I went, I took a moment. I kind of hung out for a while and then I was like, I don't care anymore. And then I came back and then it was over and I was like, all right, let's go. Um, and, and, and we were walking back and she, she had a change too. And she just, she said like, so I looked you up online. You've done a bunch of work. And I was like, oh my oh. God. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, my friend said never to date a comedian, so they're all crazy. So they're just like the worst person you can date as a comedian. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, there? and I was like, I'm a comedian, you know that, right? She's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, all right. And I didn't, I stopped talking. And then I, she just wouldn't stop nagging. It was just <laughs> negativity. Just just a, a fire hose came out of her mouth. And this is the person you're quarantining with now, right? Yeah, this is the this is the six yeah. I have my girlfriend the and behind the, you just moves to the side and she pops her. Yeah. Yeah. She's my live in chef, but I, I call her by my mistress. And then we drove Bad back date, good chef. Yeah. And then we went back to my car. She drove me back to my car because I was stranded with her. And so, bad. so we pulled up and she did the thing where we we stopped and she turned her body for that kind no. of like so end of the had night. Had a great time. Yeah, had a great time. Wait, Can't she wait. wanted to make out or something? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. And I just did said you? like, no, God, no, no, I do not. I do not want any craziness on me. And I was just like, OK, bye. Thanks for the that. That was nice to meet you. Bye. And I just <laughs> I hightailed it out of there. I just was she hot? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Have you ever felt like, because I've felt this a few times, never to that extent, but that you've just had a bad like performance night in terms of a date? I, I, I always, my rule of thumb was like, give them to, like, if, if they're nice, you know, or if there's something, if I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know. I would I would usually give people two two chances, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of right. a lot of vetting that happened just in the texting where you're like, okay, you can you're funny, you can do this, you can da da da. Mm-hmm. Um but this one it just it just No, was, that's special. It was too much. It really was Oh, that would sound bananas. And then there was a lot of follow-up text, oh, apology no. things. <laughs> no. Apologizing? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, she was like, "I know, you know." No, 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 no. That she didn't apologize, but she said like, "Hey, it didn't feel like we were vibing, but maybe we need to try again." Um, oh. she's like, "I don't know. It felt kind of weird, but you know, let's let's give it let's another." Let's go to the Santa Barbara Philharmonic on a road trip and stay overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been the Hollywood Bowl that cursed us. Yeah, uh-huh. we need another yeah. bowl. Yeah. 
it's... that is such an interesting approach to be like that was really bad but don't you think we should try it again <laughs> yeah like, yep. what that's, so that's crazy yeah because i to your point i do think it's like i do think sometimes you kind of like you don't stick the landing on the first one but you can kind of tell if there's there's you know room for improvement right. or whatever of course yeah um, I think that you're so nervous on a first date, or at least I am, for yeah. whatever reason. I, I, I've had a hard time being casual. And I always said um, to boyfriends later on, I'd be like, don't you want to watch a DVD of the first date and just see like how we were trying to present ourselves? And mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> because it's so different until you start meeting someone like you, you're so guarded. And uh, well, the girl like know. with my girlfriend now, we both uh, we both. I admitted I just we both admitted we were really nervous on the first date. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. It was just sort of I was like, okay, you're you're cool. I like you. <laughs> when- That's what my therapist tells me to do. Yeah. Because like I have such insane fear of not insane, but just like intense fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And she and it happened it affected me on first dates also because like it was kind of like public speaking. Like I just would get nervous when the person would ask me a question and like not know what to say. And she, my therapist still always is like, just tell people you're nervous, like Mm -hmm. just be honest and vulnerable. And it really works. And also like, I feel like it gives, I always have like this panic feeling like my body is full of cortisol or whatever. Like it's an actual dangerous situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then once I say I'm nervous, I'm like, oh, I'm safe. Like this person is responding well unless they don't respond well. Yeah. Like and then I'm not. Buckle up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you better be nervous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brian and Charlie, when did you realize the Camille and Brian, your girlfriend, when were you like, wait, this is really good. Like, this is, I like this a lot. Uh, the first second I saw her. No! Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> she was in line at UCB, and I was like, that is the hottest chick I've ever fucking seen. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> and so I went She's up to- going to listen to this, and you're going to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I not not to draft on that, but I, I genuinely had the same thing. Oh, Brian, cause... shut up. <laughs> I nice saw Camille, try. and I was like, oh, she's taken, so I'll take this other girl. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I was like, I saw her, uh, I was waiting out front of the restaurant where we were meet at, and I saw her down the block, and I was like, oh my God, I hope that's her. Please let that be her. And then it was- Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and then she said she had the same thing. Like, Oh my gosh. And Aww. then you were like, I wanted it to be you, shop girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that reference lands with this audience. If it doesn't- I read shop girl. I didn't see the movie though. <laughs> I laughed like I knew oh, what you were no, talking it's, about. You've just got mail. Charlie, you're not going to get laid anymore. <laughs> I saw you've got mail. Well, it's hard because there's a lot of Meg Ryan, Tom. Um, I saw Sleepless in Seattle. Not my favorite. Similar. I really recommend a You've Got Mail rewatch because it's a real joy. It's a real Nor- joy. Nora Ephron's, some of her fine. Oh, yeah. Her showed big me hit. one, of, that, one yeah. of those. I forget which one. Yeah. And then, Brian, what changed in terms of what you were looking for after a divorce? Like, how did your... I mean, obviously, you're not looking for the inverse of anyone you've been with, but how do you think your philosophy changed? I, my philosophy changed because I had to do a bunch of work on myself. Right. And 
I'm still, you know, we co-parent, so we have to be good with each other. But I, I love my ex. Um, and and I never wanted to sort of feel like, oh, that was a huge mistake. You know, of that course, was a huge no. waste of my life and stuff, which some people do. They're like, ah, erase that, you know. Right. But the reason some of this, the reason that she and I came together, the reasons were that we were kind of trying to fix each other. And so it kind of comes back to that thing of like, you genuinely have to be good with yourself to be good for somebody else. Um, right. And it just, it was a, a, a kind of a long process of learning that. But I do feel like even now our, our relationship continues. And I, you know, I not saying I'm a different person, but I, I, I know that we were together for a reason and she helped me grow and she probably helped me grow to allow me to meet my present girlfriend. Um, yeah. So, you know, there, I, I don't really think, and I'm glad after my divorce that I wasn't like, oh God, just, I just want to erase it. It's, just, it's so embarrassing and stuff. I was just sort of like, okay, we tried really hard and it didn't work. So we can't blame each other. We have to sort of like work on our own stuff. Um, and she helped me do that. And I, I think I've helped her do that too, even after the, the divorce, which is nice. Devin and I talk a lot about how sort of as a society or how whatever, how our brains work with narratives, we very much have a results-based idea about relationships. Yeah. And so it's not really experiential. I'm, I'm, I mean, I have a hard time being in the moment in general, but, um, but I, I kept on thinking in relationships, like, I'm scared to break up. I hope we don't break up. I hope we don't break up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, inevitably we did. But it, I, yeah, all of those relationships are valuable. And I, I have yeah. pleasant memories with most of them yeah. in terms of looking back and thinking, like, yeah, that changed me. And I would never, you know, I think it's what the whole Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind movie is about. Like, of course, I don't want to lose that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a really healthy perspective to have in, in terms of, like, that's not a failure. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I talk about divorce a lot that way. Yeah, I just didn't want to, you know, looking back on it, I didn't want to sort of feel like I'm just going to focus on the negative things. Right. I have a friend who recently like got married and then jumped right into getting divorced like a month later. Damn, um, really? Yeah. But I knew it was coming because he like had known her for like three months and stuff. And, and it was just, uh, but I, I, I was just supportive. I was like, Oh, you know what? I mean, just trust that, that this is just an experience and it doesn't mean the sort of like, that you made a massive mistake. It's just sort of, oh like, yeah, you know. But he was really beating himself up, just sort oh. of like, you know. Anyway, do you think if if you and um your ex were able to fix each other, like if you, I don't know if there were specific instances or specific behaviors or things about each other that you wanted to fix about each other? Do you think if you had the relationship would have worked? Or do you think that was just kind of a distraction from the core that the relationship wasn't meant to go past a certain amount of years? I I don't know. I don't I don't know if anybody could really an answer that. It yeah, it's so I mean, the way I feel about my girlfriend is is so um so excited and and happy and relaxed and um present you know and i felt like in my other you know in my marriage that i wasn't present a lot 
Um, mm-hmm. And and I, you know, I honestly sort of remember like that I I think I was a little codependent in my decision to get married. I was just sort of like, well, we've been doing this for a while. I guess I should do this. Do I genuinely feel like this is the right move? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what my own feelings were, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have a relationship with my my own intuition about stuff. Um, so again, it, 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 I think it's symptomatic of just like, I didn't know what the, what the fuck I was doing right. in a way. And I, that sounds like I'm cheapening the experience or the relationship, no. which I'm not, but it, it, it is a little perspective on like, it, I think it could have benefited from a little more honesty, you know, um, and not, not the kind of, and, and honesty that would have, started conversations i think we avoided a lot of conversations you know that's bad avoidance is bad (laughs) charlie i had a question in terms of like you sound like you're in a happy marriage do you think mm, getting married changed your relationship in a sort of way where you were like okay this is different yeah i mean we had a fucking kick-ass party (laughs) we got a lot of of pictures yeah (laughs) but no i was committed before i didn't feel like more or less committed i mean i like having a wedding ring and i you know but no i don't think so really yeah Um, beyond getting to have like a really cool shared experience with a bunch of our friends and stuff right would you would you be okay if you guys hadn't gotten married like would you be okay to just like yeah this is just my partner oh yeah like long term yeah i'd be fine with that but i mean i mean it's a sin but (laughs) besides the religious implications (laughs) you'd be fine with it god Uh, God no yeah um and satan would be waiting well it was just (laughs) but it's like i wouldn't i would rather be married than not because i don't know we just had this great time and everything and you know I, we had a crazy ass wedding. We, I had people come up to me <laughs> and go, "Tonight was the best night of my <gasps> life." <laughs> I love that. Wait, so tell us a little bit about your wedding. Uh, it was in New Please. Orleans. Um, love Camille's mother's side of the family is from New Orleans, and so she had an aunt, grandma, cousins, stuff there. We've we've been going to New Orleans every Thanksgiving the whole time we've been together, except obviously now in the pandemic we didn't. But um, we got married in a courtyard behind an old pharmacy that is now a museum. And uh, it was very beautiful. Our friend Brian Finkelstein, who maybe some oh, of you cool. guys know, he yeah. married us. A bunch of friends there. And then we had a second line. Do you guys know what a second line yes. is? Yes. What yeah, is so it? Had, I don't know. It's a brass band. So mm. we had a brass band coming. Sort of like marched. a parade. Yeah. It's a parade. And then we marched to the hotel we were all staying at in this like 12 block parade. Camille knew how to put it together. She like paid some cop 500 bucks to <laughs> set it all up. <laughs> so we had like a cop on a motorcycle leading the parade. <laughs> That's great. And so everybody in the wedding marched down the street into the uh, to the hotel and it was just a total blast. That's cool. That's so cool. New Orleans is definitely a great place to that, get married. That was one thing my my wife and uh, my ex and I were both like, we had a great wedding. Like people were really into it. Yeah, it, and nice. but you, it wouldn't seem like it wouldn't be because from the and I'm not exaggerating. The moment the first guest showed up, it started to pour rain, and then <laughs> as the the band with the very last people that left, um, we we had this place in uh, up in uh, the Catskills. Um, uh, they were like packed up and they're like, I right, bye. And they drove off and they're waving. And then like the sun came out like the second everybody was gone. But there was <laughs> something, so ab- funny. No. there's was something about it, about being like, just like un- under this, this downpour that people were so like hunkered in and, and like the after party people were going, 
insane. And it was it was great. It's like a movie I, moment. Yeah. 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 And I do think like there this the ceremony of that stuff is is important. You know, oh, yeah. you know, not, not in a validating, like in the eyes of God, but in a, no. <laughs> in, in a validating way of just like, yeah, this is something to celebrate. You know, this is something. To... But you had a Wiccan ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like goat blood and, you know, it was hard to find a virgin, but we found <laughs> the, <that. Badabook. laughs> the Babadook was there. Was there. <laughs> He's cool, though. He's a good cool DJ, guy. the Babadook. Good DJ, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with two bald men. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We are back with True Romance, talking to men, M-E-N. Get used to it, okay? We're broadening. And they're straight, S-K-R, number eight. Well, we really can't forget that you guys are bald, and that's really why we had you on. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. What? Well, let's get back to that. Yeah. Is bald care a thing, like skin care? Yes. Yes, and we. Absolutely. I think we both only recently re- learned about that. <laughs> you draw a smiley face on your head. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had a skincare routine, but then when we had Karamo on, it got I enhanced it even more. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he, he had all of the tips. tips. Yeah, he good based- tips, and he gave us our first swag. Yeah, he came to your home. <laughs> oh, and the swag is so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he, he gave us his first products. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do you recommend? Well, you got to wear a hat. 
You gotta, you gotta wear a hat. Gotta cover it up, and especially in LA. Every day. Sunscreen? Okay. Oh God, every day. Every Otherwise, day. you end up with like those horrifying little dots. Yes, uh, and then if you want, like oh. Garamo's product that we both have is called Mantle, and there's a um, a lotion you can put on your head. Yeah. And if you put True Romance, you get twenty percent off. Just <laughs> we wish. So I guess I wouldn't know what it's like and what my insecurity would be like if I had that. And it probably is like the type of thing where it's like, oh, does this look bad on me? It does. Mm -hmm. What? Like, I've definitely done that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, you never say yes to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. How do you cue it up? You'd be like, well, you lie. (laughs) Yeah. Or do you put it back? as like, well, how would you feel if you're losing your hair? Like, (laughs) oh, my God, don't don't do that. I know. Does, Does this look bad on me? No, it looks amazing. But even like Ayanna Presley, I don't even think of her as a bald woman. I just think of her as a really beautiful woman. Yeah, you know. Totally, and I was thinking yeah. about that while I was uh, listening to your pod. Like, oh, I don't think of it as um, a deficit in any way. Mm-hmm. Or like, I mean, and Devin and I have talked about it with height too. Where if I met a guy who is like, hot, I mean, I think about Sex in the City always, but Samantha dates a short guy who's just really <laughs> yes. like sexual and like powerful. And I would never be like Devin. I met someone, but um, but he's short. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I would just be like, oh my god, I met someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she'd be like, did you really though? I'd be like, we don't want to go down this road again, Carolina. <laughs> really? His name is Babadook. What if you went out with a guy and found out he played stand-up bass? Okay, you know what? Wait, I could do what's it. What stand-up bass? Well, we <laughs> bass that looks like a cello. Yeah, Devin. Right, yeah, that was a jazz guy from Sex and the City. He had like a two. Oh yeah, that guy was so oh, crazy my God. and creepy. Wait, the guy was that horrible. was like, he like held her hand and was like, "I'll play." You I'll play like you like my bass or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that guy was terrible. That dude was a fucking creep. We had yeah. Alice Wetterlin and her boyfriend, who is a. Oh, uh, we talked about this. That's yeah, but we had an upright. Yeah, he's an upright stand-up bassist who is bald. So he's got, you know, he's got the two two strikes against him in some circles. Yeah, um, but he fucking owns it. Yeah, but he, yeah. and that was her point. It's like, he just, he doesn't give a shit. And that is the most attractive thing in the world to me. Yeah. You know, because, and I think she literally said, like, he's just his confidence. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. this guy, I, I, no worries. That's great. You know, and it's <laughs> not, and it's, I don't think it's a confidence thing of like, ooh, there's such a power. Ooh, oh my God. You know, right, it's more right. just like magnetic. Uh, it probably is just like, oh, thank God. I don't have to deal with your shit. I could just hang yeah. out with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. has um surprised you about bald talk in terms of how people have reacted? Uh, you mean the massive uh, following that it's Yeah, like, do you have gender? men's rights activists being like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, thank God we haven't heard from those people. But, yeah. uh, um, I was surprised by it. I've always felt fine being bald. <laughs> no problem with it. I had no idea when we started the podcast what a wealth of feelings were going to come out of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what was surprising for me. Yeah. 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 yeah likewise. And, and it's always – when people come on and they are genuinely like, "Hey, thank you for doing this," like they, yes, they, oh, yes. Um, you know, I, my immediate response is like, "I'm gonna make a joke and sort of downplay that," but now, I'm like, <laughs> like oh, cool. idiot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> shut up, Baldy. No one says that to us. Nobody. Uh, <laughs> well, I, know. <laughs> I, I mean, it is, but this this is like the most human conversation possible i mean everybody it is crazy everybody struggles with this stuff you know Mm -hmm. and it and it just from the i mean my 
I when I was in ninth grade and I started to date my my girlfriend, my friend, he was like, "Oh, thank God, dude! I thought you were gay." You know, back when when that would be a <laughs> that was a thing. That yeah. was a thing. I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I don't care if I was." But he he was like, "You know, I just I was worried there for a while that maybe you're gonna be gay." I'm not friends with that guy anymore. <laughs> But it just was like I remember, I remember even being I remember being shamed at, like he was shaming me for taking my time to figure out and find somebody right. that I liked you know I just felt yeah. all this pressure of like I guess I should like someone even if I don't like them and you know all that right kind of stuff. yeah I have a friend whose son is so cute he's like eighteen he's adorable and he got alopecia so mm. you know no eyebrows totally bald but still just so handsome and right. I am. Um, and I think we, has insecurity about it, even though he has a cute girlfriend who, if you see them in pictures together, she looks like cha-ching, like mm. stoked <laughs> to be next to him. Yeah. But I think about this and how, how cool it is to have a dialogue around it. Um, we should have that dude on. Yeah, he's a real sweetie. He just helped me move. Hook us up. What would you tell a new baldy out there if you have any? I mean, it sounds like it might just be... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I say just own Stop it. making a big own, deal. Own that, yeah, own that shit. yeah, Shave totally. It, yeah, I'd say own it, and also like if you grieve it a little bit, that's okay too. You know, I right, I do yeah. think there's a little bit of like, oh, you should just snap into acceptance and stuff, and it's like, you know, yeah, right. yeah. it's okay to grieve it for yeah. sure. But I mean, right. you, any new baldies out there heard it on this podcast? You just said. Hotter to be bald and confident than to try and hide it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get used to it. And I always, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but I always think like, and it sort of speaks to what Brian was saying earlier, like a new turnoff I have is someone who's not really into me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds sort of weird, but I'm like, oh, if you don't really like me, all of me, how I look, et cetera. Then like it, it probably yeah, won't get work the fuck out. out of here. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like, let's not waste our time with someone who wants just like pieces of us or just yeah. wants to be with someone. Yeah, th- th- yeah. If you ever have to convince someone to like you, then that relationship and in in not, any yeah. form is never. It's yeah. not gonna be great. You're just like totally. you gotta find gotta find your Harry. Yeah, you yeah, gotta and, find your Harry. I thought you meant when Harry met Sally, and I was like, yeah, no, that too. And I thought you but meant yeah, somebody who oh, has hair. I thought you meant you know, somebody <laughs> with hair. <laughs> you gotta find you your Harry. Find you someone very hairy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked what you said. Um, I think Brian said it about if yeah, if someone doesn't isn't into you because of your baldness, you don't want to be with them anyway. Totally. Like I think that's true for so many different things. Oh, that, totally. Like I'm kind of like a needy person, so if someone doesn't want to be with a needy person, they wouldn't want to be with me. So I don't have to put on like this guise of like I'm cool, I'm, I'm down needy, with yeah. whatever. It's so funny because yeah. like that is probably literally what all of our parents have said to us is like, well, who needs oh, them if yeah. they don't if they don't see how wonderful you are? But I know you know <laughs> My when parents didn't say that when shit. oh. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said, fuck you, you little asshole. (laughs) (laughs) They're right. You are an asshole. Uh, Yeah, no, Devin talks about that a lot because, I mean, one of my favorite things about her, and I I don't know if it's her Boston heritage, but it's like she can be very, like, cut dry. You Mm -hmm. can be like, hey, Devin, are you mad at me? And she'd be like, no, why? Mm-hmm. Instead of like girlfriend, of course not. Right. Boo. Oh, <laughs> but um, but Devin, you've said that like you've had people in your past who have been like, You're so cold. Mm. And and it's yeah. sort of like, oh, then you don't want to date me because I can't like plaster on a smile to make you more comfortable or, or change that yeah. part of my personality that's not gonna be like coddling. Yeah. I think that's really true. I'm just gonna try to learn to respect myself and love myself. And I got an email from a guy recently that really helped me uh, <laughs> really hit that, see the light for on you. that. 
It's currently taped to my face. <laughs> Guys, we can't thank you enough for coming on the pod. This was a really great conversation. Awesome. I enjoyed it. It was and, so fun. Um, yeah, thank thanks for having us. You're always welcome back on True Romance whenever. Um, oh, anytime. I want to do a Sex in the City deep dive with you guys. I know. Please. I really wish we got to your your Aiden thoughts because I feel like we've had a similar Aiden evolution, but maybe you're just at a different place on your Aiden path than I am. This is uh, this is yet again a thing that I can't join in the conversation. <laughs> Charlie will start to talk about sports or Char- uh, Sex in the City and stuff, and I'm like, I, I have no. Re- I gotta I gotta get into this show because it seems very. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I know. It's so great. It's so good and, and it's terrible such a- and poorly aged sometimes, but it still slaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's sure. such a good binge. It's like so light and fun and like a uh, new new journey every episode. Oh, wow. And it's just, it's, it's funny because, <laughs> go ahead. It, it's fucking hilarious. Like people, yeah. for some reason, it's some kind of baked into our culture of sexism. People are like, oh, four women, that won't be funny. It's like yeah. one of the funniest comedies ever made. That's so funny. I, totally I do agree. love this uh, episode where Samantha's hooking up with a guy who uses baby talk in bed. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> so awful. <laughs> and then he like locks himself in a bathroom when she points it out. And she's like, get out here right now. We're in the middle of a conversation. Um, oh, yeah. Then she starts like babying him. Like yeah. she's his oh, mother. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't fit in. Remember that? Yeah. And then remember, remember season four. Remember how, how she had on. shoes and clothes and then they were. <laughs> And had a drink. Oh, so you've watched Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. They had drinks. Okay. You get it. Um, they no, it's shopping. so funny because I hate sports analogies so much because I never understand them and I find them so frustrating when people just throw them out like I'm going to get them. <laughs> but me and my friends definitely do Sex in the City analogies. Like when Devin's boyfriend asked her to quit smoking, we're like, oh, yeah, so that's the Aiden storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, next we'll do a deep cut with Charlie Sanders. Brian, you'll be hastily uninvited. Cool. Um, <laughs> yes. Maybe I can call you, in and give you guys it. advice. Unless you decide to commit yourself to, you know, learning more. Okay. About women. Because mm. <laughs> it's not just about sex in the seats. Uh, learning more about women. I and just respecting don't like, women. I don't like sex. That's one thing I should mention. I've never had sex. I will never have sex. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. What about cities? I like to shit on people. I don't like to put things into people. Ugh. <laughs> um thank you again guys and thank we'll you. talk soon all right all right thank you bye and those were two gentlemen who i truly had so much fun with same and and the last time i said that was on one night in fiji if you know what i mean just kidding she's never even been there i don't even know if it's a real place or it's just on a water bottle Guys, thanks for listening. Okay. Carolina's had a brain fart, but thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into True Romance. Devin, I love you. Love you, Carol. Bye.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Forget those Sunday night blues for a second with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.